Okay, we're back. Last time when we read, it was the chapter called What Torin Did. And that was cray cray. Uh, Torin just went on this destructive rampage and he threw all these tomatoes in this crazy mess and like broke all these windows. Um, I think it was a shed, maybe? You guys remember better. But, uh, and this guy, one of the guys from Sparks discovered it and was like, who did this? And got really mad. And Torin ran out of nowhere and said, he did it. He did it. And was pointing right at Dune. Bum, bum, bum. Is this going to cause problems? Do we think? (laughs) Seems like it to me. So the next chapter we're going to read is called chapter 15 called A Long Hot Ride. We're going to be seeing what Lena's up to with Casper. All right, here we go. Lena lay very still, or as still as she could with the jolting of the truck over the rutted road. Her eyes were at the level of the space between the two lowest slats of the crate, so she could see out just enough to guess where they were, along the road by the river first, and then turning to go around the outskirts of the village. Occasionally, she heard someone call a greeting to Casper, and she heard Casper's voice returning it. Maddie never said anything that Lena could hear. After a while, there were no more voices. The sun beat down on Lena's back, and she began to get terribly hot and uncomfortable. She thought it might be safe to sit up now. The sound of the wheels would muffle any sounds that she made, and she was far enough toward the back of the truck so that Casper and Maddie wouldn't see her moving. So she unfolded herself. She peered out and saw emptiness. Vast stretches of dry, brown-gold grass, no people, no houses. It was an enormous space. She had not realized any place could be so big. Sometime in the afternoon, because of the heat and the rocking motion of the truck and because there was nothing else to do, Lena went to sleep. When she awoke, she could tell right away that it was nearly evening. The air was cooler and the sun was so low in the sky that she could no longer see it overhead. Its slanting rays came between the slats of her crate. A cramp gripped her stomach. It was partly hunger. She hadn't thought to bring any food with her. What? She didn't think to bring any food? Okay. Uh, But mostly it was fear. They must be close to the city. And when they arrived, what would she do? And what would Casper do when he found her? The truck slowed and came to a stop. Lena felt Casper and Maddie jump down. This looks like a good enough place, said Casper's voice, near the water anyhow. Looks all right to me, that was Maddie's voice. I'll take the animals down to the stream, said Casper. Lena heard clinking and slapping sounds as he unbuckled the harness and then the slow thud of hooves as the oxen were led away. What was Maddie doing? Lena heard a few footsteps, some rustling among the grasses. Then there was silence. She had to move. 
Her legs were cramped and she had a pain in her back. Cautiously, she stood up. She stepped onto the first slat of the crate and then the second. And when she got high enough to look over the edge, the first thing she saw was Maddie sitting on the ground a few feet from the end of the truck, leaning against a tree and staring right at her. Well, well, said Maddie. Look who's here. Lena just stared. She couldn't move. Maddie heaved herself up from the ground and came over to the truck. She regarded Lena with a look that was half puzzled and half amused. What in the world are you doing here? I want to see the city, said Lena. Don't you know it's a five-day journey? How did you expect to ride in a crate all that time and not be discovered? Five days? I thought it was one day. Maddie just shook her head. What are we supposed to do with you? I don't know, said Lena. She felt a trembling start up in her stomach. She should never have come. There was a long pause before Maddie spoke again. Then she said, Listen, it would suit me fine if you came along to the city if you're sure you want to. I do want to, Lena said, though she wasn't really sure. Good, said Maddie, because it looks like you have no choice. She smiled. It wasn't an unfriendly smile, but there was a quirk in it that seemed to say, What a situation. Stay there, then, she said. I'll be back. She stamped away. Lena watched Maddie heading toward a strip of green grasses and low trees that must border the stream. At the edge of this strip, she could see Casper and the oxen. In all directions, the landscape was the same that she'd seen in that morning, gently rolling, empty of buildings, covered with brown-gold grass, here and there stood low, dark, green, mushroom-shaped trees. Three of them stood near the truck, their leaves dusty, their trunks thick and gnarled. The sun had gone down behind the hills in the west, and the sky there was scarlet. Though the air was still warm, Lena shivered. She sat back down in the crate, pulled her knees up to her chest, and wrapped her arms around them. Somewhere, a bird sang its going-to-bed song. Then suddenly, there were loud footsteps and Casper's voice coming toward her, and in a moment, Casper's fist thudding against the crate. Boom, 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 boom. Come out, he said. Lena climbed out and stood on the truck, looking down at him. Jump down, he said. She jumped down. Casper glared at her. So, he said. A stowaway. What were you trying to do? Cause trouble? That's your idea of fun? No, Lena said. I want to see the city. What for? A look of suspicion passed over Casper's face. What do you know about the city? Nothing, said Lena. She wasn't going to tell Casper about her vision of the city or what the city might be for the people of Ember. I just want to see it. 
Well, too bad, said Casper. Why should I take you there? Why would I want an extra person to feed? A kid to look after? Your ride stops right here. You can go back where you came from. One second, said Maddie. Listen to me before you decide. She could be useful to us. Don't be ridiculous. Casper whacked his two big hands together as if to dismiss the subject. Yes, she could, said Maddie. When you're looking for something in a ruined place, you know how it is. Small spaces sometimes. Tippy rubble where you need to step carefully. A small, light person could go where we couldn't. Casper took a step back and studied Lena, still glowering. Lena tried to look as small and light as she could. As for food, said Maddie, she can share mine. <laughs> Ridiculous, said Casper again. But he kept his eyes on Lena. She could see he was thinking. Come on, Casper, Maddie said. Let's take her. We don't have much choice after all. The only other thing we can do is leave her out here by herself. She turned to Lena. If we let you come, she said, you'll have to work for us. You'll have to do what we say. All right, Lena said, though she wasn't sure it was all right at all. Maybe it would be better to give up seeing the city and try to get back to Sparks from here. But how would she do that? She'd never be able to find her way. And the empty lands frightened her. She didn't want to be alone in such a vast, wild place. But how will I get back again? Will you take me? Mm, you should have thought of that when you'd climbed onto the truck, said Casper. That's your problem, not ours. He turned to Maddie. Right, partner? Certainly, Maddie said. Now let's get settled for the night. The first thing we need is some kindling. Lena and I will go out and gather it. Lena followed her out toward the trees. Once they were in among them, Maddie bent down and spoke to her in a low voice. Don't worry. You were foolish to do this, but... I won't let harm come to you, and I'll see you get home again, somehow. She straightened up again. Now, she said, gather up some dry twigs and sticks and a few tufts of dry grass. They carried the sticks and the grass back to where the truck was parked. There, Maddie scraped out a shallow hole in the ground with the heel of her shoe. In the hole... She set the smallest splinters of wood, arranging them in a sort of square. Over these, she placed some sticks, and on top of those, she added larger branches. She tucked in some handfuls of dried grass at the bottom of this stick building. Until this point, Lena did not understand what she was doing. But when she pulled from her pocket a little cloth-wrapped package unwrapped it and took out a short blue-tipped stick she knew. She took in a quick breath and stepped backward. <gasps> Maddie held up one of the matches and said, Have you ever seen one of these? Yes, said Lena. You're lucky then, said Maddie. They're rare, 
She struck the match across a rock, and the blue tip burst into flame. She held it to the grass, and the grass sizzled and flared up. Come and stand close, she said to Lena. We need to shield this from the breeze until it gets going. But Lena stayed where she was, staring. The little flame at the heart of the stack of sticks flickered. It reached for the splintered end of a stick, caught it, set it aflame. The sizzling grew to a hissing and then to a crackling. Flames jumped and jumped higher and there again was the orange hand stretching upward with its pointed fingers, waving, leaning toward her. Lena stumbled backwards. She didn't want to be afraid. Casper and Maddie weren't. Casper had come back now and was crouching beside the fire, feeding it with sticks and grass. But for Lena, it was as if the flames were shrieking a message at her. Run, run, run. She stood 20 feet away, staring at the fire with a pounding heart. The wind blew a ribbon of smoke at her, and when she breathed, it stung the back of her throat. Maddie noticed, after a while, that she was out there. Come closer, Lena, she called. It won't hurt you. But Lena could not get her feet to walk toward that hissing, snapping blaze. It might not hurt Maddie and Casper, but if she were to stand near it, she was sure it would reach for her with that orange hand, flick its fingers against the ends of her hair or the hem of her of her shirt, and she too would flare up. I'm all right here, she said. I don't want to be near it. Casper laughed. Maddie lumbered to her feet and came beside Lena. She put an arm around her. You're shaking, she said. Well, never mind. You don't have to be by the fire if you don't want to. From a box on the truck, she took what they called traveler's cakes, lumps a little smaller than a fist, made of Lena knew not what, and she and Casper stuck them on the end of long sticks and roasted them over the flames. You have to get fond of these if you're a roamer, Casper said. They keep well. That's their best quality. You need them for those long stretches where there's no food to be found. They were dry and tasteless, but Lena was hungry, so she didn't mind much. She ate hers standing up, and she licked her fingers when she was through. She wondered where they were going to sleep. There was no room on the truck, so she supposed they'd have to lie on the ground. It was quite dark now. A breeze had come up. From somewhere far away, she heard an animal noise, yip, 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 with a long wail, then an eerie chorus of wails. What's that? She asked Maddie. Wolves, Maddie said, out hunting. They're not very close, don't worry. Lena shivered. The darkness here was so enormous and so full of terrible things. In Ember, except when there was a blackout, People were almost always safe in their beds when darkness came. Lena wasn't used to being outside at night. She thought about Mrs. Murdo, who would be getting into bed in the doctor's attic room right now. Mrs. Murdo would be worried about her. Poppy would be saying, Where's Lena? 
and no one would imagine that she was out in this great emptiness with nothing between her and the sky. Maddie took some rolled up blankets from the truck and spread them on the ground. She put two of them close to the fire. The third she offered to Lena. Put this wherever you want to sleep, she said. Lena walked over to take the blanket, and as she did, Casper tossed a big branch onto the fire. Sparks sprayed up. Some flew sideways, caught by the wind. Lena jumped away, but a few sparks landed on her sock. She stamped her foot frantically, but this only made the sparks burn brighter. The threads of her sock glowed. On her ankle, she felt a pain like a fierce bite. No, she cried. Get it off me. She shook her leg and clawed at her sock with her hand. Panic rose up in her, and she would have taken off running if Maddie had not blocked her path and grabbed her in strong arms. Once she stopped her, she bent down and put a hand over the burning place in Lena's sock. And when she took her hand away, the glow was out. But the pain was still there. Maddie took off Lena's shoe and sock and poured cold water on the burn, but it didn't help much. All night, Lena huddled on the ground under the thin blanket, gritting her teeth against the pain on her leg and wishing she had never come on this awful journey. Mm. Oh my goodness. Oh, did you expect that she would get discovered by them? I wasn't sure that that was going to happen. I thought she'd escape somewhere and then like get lost or something, but I didn't expect that Maddie would find her right away. Ugh, do you think she's going to be them with them for a long time? Do you think she's going to get away? I don't know. Let's see. The next chapter next time is going to be chapter 16, The Starving Roamer. Mm. All right, guys. Until then, have a great one. Bye.